Hello, I'm Bill DeMay, Executive Vice Chair for the DC Young Republicans, and this is the District Download. Hello and welcome back everyone for another exciting episode of the District Download. This is episode number 15 of our podcast. So we're again making progress. We're no longer in the single digits. We're in the teens now. And I want to update everybody and say that as of looking today, we have 500 plays on our podcast and growing. So I just want to thank everybody listening today for their support, as well as for just subscribing and recommending to your friends and everything that I like. As I've mentioned before, we have our Meet the Exec Board series of our podcast. This is episode number two of our little mini series. And next up, we have our chairwoman, Maria Giannopoulos. So she's serving her first term as chair of the D.C. Young Republicans, but has been on the board for how long now, Maria? Oh, five years, almost six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a pretty good clip of time, and I want to get into a few questions about some of the different hats you've worn. But uh, you're originally from Wisconsin, and you've been active here um, with the DC Wire since moving here. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Wisconsin born and raised. Go Badgers. Go Go Pack. You know, I'm here for it. And that's going to be some of my questions that I got for you coming up on this episode. So we're in for a really exciting episode today, folks. But before we get into it, I just want to say that I'd like to remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions expressed during today's episode are our own and in no way represent the views, opinions, or policy positions of our respective employers. This is meant to be a free exchange of ideas, talk a little bit and get a respite a bit from work and all that stuff to talk a little bit about just being a DC and being a Republican in DC. So with all that being said, I'd like to welcome back to the program formally, Maria. Maria, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me. I I love this podcast. It's so fun to just kind of have that free flowing conversation about what it means to be a young Republican here in DC and, you know, what the state of the world is. Because I think uh, we're in an interesting time right now. We are. And I think the last time you were on, we were talking about the events that happened on January 6th. So for our listeners out there, this is going to be a fun episode. We got some fun questions. We got some fun topics to talk about. So getting right into things, I just want to start off by encouraging to tell us a little bit about yourself. So you've mentioned that you're Wisconsin's Badgers. What's there to Maria Giannopoulos that we should know about? Sure. So I'm Maria Giannopoulos. As if you couldn't tell by my last name, I'm a Greek gal. I was born and raised in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and I am a proud Badger alumna. I went to the University of Wisconsin. I was very heavily involved in student government. I've always loved politics and um, kind of the governance side of things. So I've been involved in that since, honestly, I can remember. I think I've been, I think I was on student council starting in fourth grade and never stopped. So, um, (laughs) you know, book clubs, blood drives, the whole bit. I think I've done it all. Uh, But in school, I was uh, the student body VP and senior class president at the University of Wisconsin, which is still one of my biggest prides and joy. I love that place and loved representing those folks. Um, While I was in school, I made a few pit stops along the way. I was in the British House of Commons interning for a lovely woman. Her name's Nadine Dorries. Fun Google. She was on a reality TV show. 
just an all around fascinating lady. Uh, I interned for her. I made my way to Walt Disney World and did a hospitality internship. I also, two weeks after that, went and worked for Fox News Channel. I worked on The Five. Um, If you are familiar with that show, which I hope you are, I think that that show is very creative. And um, I was there when the original cast was there. So think KG, Eric Bowling, the whole bit. So very fun time there. And then I, you know, after my senior year, I actually thought I was going to pack my bags and move to Iowa and work on, uh, you know, in 2015 on a race or something. Uh, but I actually ended up here in DC. So I got here because I called the professor and I, um, I said, Hey, Ken, what should I do with my life? And he was like, oh, why don't you talk to Lauren, this girl I did a group project with in his class. So I called her and I said, hey, Lauren, you know, I'm looking for a job. She goes, are you you're, are you interested in doing digital buying? Because in the class, we did a lot of TV buying. Um, it was a class called Election Tools and Strategy. And she was like, hey, why don't you work on our digital team? So I started at I360 and worked on their digital team. And that's how I ended up moving to DC. And I've been here ever since. I've been here for almost six years. Um, I joined DCYRs pretty much when I moved here. So um, that's kind of a little bit about myself. Um, You know, kind of how I got here, a little bit about my journey. Of course, we can talk more in detail about that. But um, you know, be, very, very fun. I've always been very bubbly and excited about life. And, you know, if you catch me in Wisconsin, you'll probably find me at a Culver's. So all things good and fun. <laughs> yeah. And for the, for the record, I want to just say that, you know, if there's ever a fan of the state of Wisconsin, it is Maria. She is a huge fan and, uh, she's not wearing her cheese hat now, but I know it's stashed somewhere in her, in her room or her apartment somewhere. So maybe break down on out when the Packers start playing again next season. So just kind of breaking some of that down. Um, I just want to know when did you first get the political bug? Cause it sounds like you've always been interested in politics, but did you get it earlier on in life? I, I think you've already alluded to kind of your interest, you know, in college and afterwards, but when did you first get that spark? Oh yeah. So during the 2004 election um, it was, really late at night. I loved watching the election results. And at that time I was old enough to understand what they meant. So I stayed up all night making an electoral college map and I still do it to this day too. Um, I had a big map and I had markers and colored pencils and I was coloring in the states of whether or not they went for Bush or went for Kerry. And kind of, you know, I, I did that. And I also begged my mom to get me this president's map. So you know, like how they have those placemats when you're a little kid and they have the fun facts on them or the states or whatever. I begged my mom to get me this president's mat and I hung it on our fridge and every day I would look at it and I memorized all the presidents and all the fun facts on the back. Um, So that was, I think I was in sixth grade for 2004 no maybe I was in fifth grade uh fifth or sixth grade in 2004 and then um the president's map oh gosh I was probably like six you still have <laughs> so, the president's map somewhere back at home or has it been sure, since lost to time 
Sure do. It's it's like tan and has that really old scrolly font that, you you know, like the Constitution has. kind of has that sort of font. Oh, yeah, it's in a box somewhere. It's ready for my my little ones when they come. Hopefully not that soon, but soon enough. (laughs) In due time. In due time. Um, So you already kind of mentioned this, but... Have you always wanted to live in D.C. or was it something that just happened by chance? Was it always, you know, the prerogative or, you know, did it just kind of, you know, find its way to you? Honestly, no. I, I I always loved politics and I always loved presidents and, you know, like in Legally Blonde when she's driving down Pennsylvania Avenue. Like I always thought that was the coolest thing. But I actually never envisioned myself living here. I never thought that. I would be here, to be honest. I always sort of thought of myself, you know, living in Wisconsin, you know, maybe not in my hometown, yay Sheboygan, but, you know, maybe in like Milwaukee or Madison or something like that. Um, But now that I'm here, I I really love it. Um, Not to say that I, you know, wouldn't consider, you know, maybe going back home or, um, you know, somewhere else, but I do love DC. I think it has a lot of charm and it's, it's a small, small, small town within a really big city. So I like that. Yeah, it does have a small town vibe in that, you know, you're not just a, a number. I think that's the case with a lot of big cities like Chicago, New York. You know, you're walking down the street and you just feel kind of, you know, you're not differentiated from the crowd. You are the crowd. And with that being said, you're typically bumping into people all the time because the sidewalks are not nearly as big as they are here in D.C. So but here you get to stand out a little bit more especially too with, you know, the different communities you may find, whether it be your alumni club or whatever service club you're involved with. So I think that that drives home the feeling of community um, living here in DC. So on that subject, um, how, what's your take been on living in DC throughout the pandemic? So we're a year and change after our lives were changed for, you know, what they were. Um, but curious to know kind of your perspective Um living through the pandemic oh the pandemic has been brutal i will say um i think to myself all the time should i have moved to florida (laughs) maybe i should have packed up all my stuff and moved to freedom (laughs) um you know during the pandemic it has been a series of lockdowns you see businesses shuttering you see businesses boarded up because of protests and because of violence and things like that. And I think that it's been really hard. Uh, You know, January 6th was extremely hard as well. And, you know, I have seen a lot of people leave DC. I've also seen a lot of people stay. I do think now that we're sort of nearing more and more people getting vaccinated and things like that, I do think that the restrictions are way too harsh. Um, You know, we need the economy to thrive. We need our businesses to be back up and running. And right now, I don't think the policies that the mayor has put in place are letting that happen. And you see a lot of that too, that frustration coming from the life nightlife community, because that's your lifeblood. People coming into town, spending their tourism dollars, as well as just with us going to the bars after work and things like that. 
you know, they're, they're feeling the pain too. And I think a lot of people are fed up myself included with the fact that you have Virginia and Maryland right now who are opening up their restaurants and lifting restrictions yet we're still in the same place we were like months ago with the 25% capacity limit and the six people per table, you know, that's, but that was set, definitely a hurdle that we had to overcome with abiding by during our elections happy hour last month. So hopefully again, things change. I just saw the mayor put out um, a notice, I think um, about maybe easing restrictions come next month, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with waiting and uh, you know, kind of getting ready to uh, see what life is beyond the pandemic. But having said that, have you been vaccinated yet? I'm half vaccinated. I get my second, I get my second shot in 10 days, 10 days, 10 days that can't come soon enough. I bet. Right. Not, not soon enough, but I, I I will say that, um, you know, I encourage everyone to, um, you know, roll up their sleeves and, and get a vaccine. I, I know that there are some folks out there that may be a little hesitant or maybe don't have all the information about the side effects. And I, I really hope that, you know, people, you know, do a little research and, uh, you know, think about what, what that means for our businesses and society. Um, because I really want to see us come out of this in a better place. And I do think that, you know, some industries have been sped up by the pandemic. There is some, some good that has come out of it, but, you know, seeing businesses shutter and see, seeing how people have been out of work and, you know, just the, the tampering down on life has been awful. So I really, really encourage people to, to roll up their sleeve and get their shot. Yeah, right there with you. If if you when it's your turn, definitely get the vaccine. Um, I am halfway through with getting vaccinated myself. Currently trying to find how to schedule my second appointment, but I'm sure we'll spend some time this week and trying to figure that out so that way we can get that second injection and uh, be able to get back out and support local businesses and get out and see fellow YRs because it's been a while. And I think after a long hibernation, we're we're due for some good times and some good fun, which I'm sure we'll cover. And just a moment with uh, the podcast as it progresses, but going back to, so you mentioned that you moved, you got involved with the DC young Republicans almost immediately after you moved here about six years ago, you know, why did you join the DC young Republicans and how was it that you first got involved and what made you get involved? Oh yeah. Uh, so I moved to DC. I, I was one of the lucky few that had a job before I moved here. I still can't believe that fact, but and you are lucky for that. Cause that, I, that did not happen for me. It, if, if you're listening to this and you know, you're thinking about moving to DC or you're an intern or something like that, just know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you will get something. And even if it's not played paid, take it anyway, cause it'll get your foot in the door. So that's something really important to think about. Um, but, you know, joining DCYRs, it kind of was a natural progression for me. I was in, I was involved in college Republicans in school and I, you know, had a lot of fun there and I didn't really know a whole lot of people in DC when I moved here. I knew a couple of people, um, you know, the friend that I got connected with, um, through school, my roommate happened to be a badger as well. So I kind of had that sort of network but I only had a handful of friends. So I was looking for ways to meet people. 
And one of my coworkers actually, you know, suggested, hey, DC Young Republicans, they're, they have a Facebook group. Why don't you see if they have any meetings? So I joined the Facebook group and I noticed that they had a meeting coming up at the Capitol Hill Club. So I went first meeting, walk in the Eisenhower room, and I see everybody mingling about the popcorn, the chairs, you know, everything. And I just met some really amazing people when I when I came through the doors. And, you know, eventually, I, I remember this vivid moment at um, the Christmas party that year um, in 2015. And I was, I was there and I, you know, had made, made some connections, but one of my friends from big 10 student government walked through the door at the <laughs> Christmas party and I freaked out. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I was so <laughs> excited to see him and YRs brought us back together. And I thought that was so cool. You know, we had met through this big 10 student um, association grapevine and you know stayed in contact a little bit but like weren't really like that close of friends and then you know when I saw him there like two peas in a pod and you know like that's how I first got involved I just started meeting people I saw old friends at YR so it's something that's been really special to me during my time in DC I have found people that are just incredible, um, you know, to not only professionally like bounce ideas off of and chat with and vent to and all those things, but also really great friends, people that we can hang out with, we can have pool parties. I'm sure many of you listening probably know about these epic pool parties. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's really been something that has guided my entire journey in DC. And, and I, do, I don't know if I would have had as much fun being here without the YRs. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly been fun. And you've been involved a lot longer than I have. I, I, I had a similar story where I walked in through um, the doors and just ultimately felt so welcomed. Uh, I consider the YRs here an extension of kind of the DC family I've found. Um, and it's certainly been an anchor for me. So my, my story resembles that in a bit, but I'll get to that in just a second because I know that parlays into one of my questions later on. But I have a, another question for you here. So why should someone listening to this podcast who may have moved here during the pandemic or has always lived here but yet hasn't really gotten plugged in yet get involved with the club? So we've heard a little bit about your story. I've shared a little bit of mine. But but ultimately, the, the big question is why get involved now? Why get involved now? I think that's a great question, Bill. And over the past year has been so difficult and we haven't been able to meet in person. We haven't been able to connect. And I think now is the start, start of a new start of more events, more folks to get in contact with. So it's the prime time to get involved with DC young Republicans. I implore each and every one of you, please, if you know, you don't know a soul and you want to come to a meeting, please reach out to me. I would be happy to, you know, chat with you, introduce you to people at Greek Maria on all social platforms. So feel free to DM me, reach out. I'm happy to kind of introduce you around to folks because 
Um, you know, someone did that for me when I came to the club. So I'm happy to pass along the favor. So get involved now. And I know we're going to have some great events coming up. Um, we're going to kick the summer off right. Um, we're going to have some happy hours along the way. Um, so please stay up to date with our newsletter on our social media pages and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, you get plugged in because it's going to be a really fun year. And we just had Michelle on, who's our now our, our vice chair of communications. So she's now all pulling the levers behind that, making sure that we get the word out about upcoming events and meetings. We have a return back to our, our general membership meeting that we typically hold uh, that's coming back up. So get those back on your calendar. Second Monday of the month, uh, you know, we'll be getting back onto the regular schedule with that. But again, sure, uh, that'll be we'll be covering that later on and in, in the podcast and uh you know, be on the lookout for upcoming events. It's, we got a full board and we're going to be super excited to get back to doing what we do best, which is knocking doors and having a good time while doing it, as well as getting to know our, our new members and our old members alike. So having said that, you know, elaborate a little bit for us, some of your goals for the year. What are some of the things you're looking forward to most as uh, in your first term as chair? Absolutely. My biggest goal for the year is just bringing people back together it's been so tough. And that's my number one goal, fostering an environment where people feel comfortable coming together, breaking bread, having a drink, and really getting to know each other better. Um, that's my number one goal to, you know, just ha have fun, honestly. Um, that's what this is all about, right? Exactly right. It's all about having fun. And, you know, it's an entryway into, you know, our, the Republican Party, both locally and nationally. So it's really, you know, for many, it's an entryway into a much larger community and a much larger family. So good to know about kind of some of your goals for the year. So for those of our listeners who may be a CR or an intern right now, what's the one nugget of, of information or the tip you would give them if they're looking for a job or an apartment or a place to live here in DC? I know you've kind of alluded to that earlier, as well as other conversations we've had outside the podcast, but curious to know what's like the one nugget that you give people um, if they're trying to make it here in DC. Ooh, okay. I'll separate these two out. So on the job front, my biggest piece of advice that someone actually told me is that you're always auditioning for your next role and you should always shine your star. So what that means is you're always auditioning for your next role, meaning that you better do a damn good job at whatever role you have because you never know a couple years later somebody who's looking to fill a position who might think, hmm, oh, you know, Bill was an amazing intern and I remember him and I want to hire him to do this. Like that's how, you know, people get roles here in DC. It's all about, you know, making impressions on people and really doing good work and having a positive attitude. So you're always auditioning for that next role. So if you're an intern right now, or if you're just starting out, even though you might be like, oh, another spreadsheet, are you kidding me? Um, treat that spreadsheet like it's the best damn spreadsheet you've ever you know, had in your life because somebody will remember that and down the line they'll be like, oh, I remember that. That person was great, let's hire them. So think about that. Also, like that's what happens when people I, you know, I get asked all the time, hey, Maria, do you know of anybody who does X, Y, or Z? I'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 that person. And if you stick out in people's minds, 
that's a great way to get poached and get farther and farther, um, you know, in your career here, maybe in DC or elsewhere. It, it applies across the board. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say it happens in reverse too. Cause I've got, I've got a story where, uh, you know, I, I, um, actually have two. So one of which is that at a former internship site, um, the, uh, the vice president government relations there was talking a little bit of, you know, to us, the interns, we were assembled and he had some time to just kind of bestow some of his knowledge on us. And the one thing he mentioned was that, uh, you know, he had an intern when he was back on the Hill um, doing work for a, a member. I forget which member, but the intern was just diligent and everything like that and stuck out to his mind. And that intern happened to be, you know, fellow Wisconsinite uh, uh, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. So it happens in the reverse, too. And I've also had a, a situation where, um, you know, I, I met, you know, I was trying to audition, uh, as you said for a position and it didn't quite work out, but it turned out that the, the person who, who I interviewed with in the second round actually came to work for, for us. So again, it's, it's, it works both ways. It's, it's, a, it's really a town of who, you know, um, and it's all about it's people helping people. And that's what I've found most. Everyone is super helpful to, you know, help you with whatever your goal may be or whatever you want to do, or whatever field you want to break into. So to echo what you said, Marie, I wanted to make sure I included that. So it's a circle, right? It's like everything, everything comes full circle at some point in time. Um, yes, it is. It is a circle. And uh, it's, it's always, you know, it's not, it's funny how it works in this town uh, more so than other towns, I think. So Bill, to your second part of that question about apartments. Sure. Go for moving, it. Moving to a new city is tough, especially if you, you know, I moved from the Midwest. The Midwest is not like the East Coast, just telling you. Um, and, you know, city life is is very different. It's also shockingly expensive. Um, so what I recommend is definitely getting on the Facebook groups. Um, there's Washington, D.C. apartments you'll, you'll find it, but, um, you know, there's a couple of Facebook groups to kind of plug into, um, you know, asking fellow YRs like, Hey, um, you know, do you know of anybody who's looking for a roommate? Um, you know, usually word of mouth is helpful. Um, I also recommend looking for row, like a room in a row house. Those can sometimes be a little bit cheaper, um, looking at like some dens and sunrooms and things like that in different apartment buildings. Um, those are also cost effective options. So it can be kind of daunting to find an apartment when you first move here, but um, it can be done and make sure you look for people that, you know, you jive with because your apartment situation affects your whole well-being and yourself that you take to work. So really put a, a lot of time and effort in choosing who you might be living with. And yeah, also thinking about the location too, like what is the proximity of your location to your workplace? I know a lot of people are working remotely right now, so obviously it doesn't matter as much, but that commute can make you a grouchy person or it can make you a joy. So think about that when you're picking a place to live. And proximity too, because, you know, with in my instance, I lived, you know, my first place that I, I paid rent on was really far away from pretty much everything. So getting to town and having, you know, not just a work life, but also social life as well was a bit difficult since I would always have to make the trek to go see people, but very few people would want to make the trek to see me, despite the fact that I lived on a pretty good spot of town, if I may say so myself. 
Um, and I, I for made- all of our Maryland and Virginia folks out there, I love y'all, but I don't have a car and I might not cross the river. <laughs> you know, for our friends over in Virginia and Maryland who we've had on the pod and who we will have on the pod eventually, um, you know, like I got to pencil you in and <laughs> really plan and advance my trips out there to see you all because I uh, love you all to death. But again, it's that little thing called the Potomac and that thing called not having a car to go out. Hey, Bill, and- did you pack your passport? <laughs> which one actual passport or vaccine passport oh lord oh don't get me started on vaccine passports no <laughs> anyway oh. but yeah for our friends in maryland and virginia uh we'll be seeing a lot of you soon and uh always come to dc if anything come to dc it's where all the magic happens so with that being said for quite some time now you've been a woman of many hats with the dc wire so when I first joined a few years ago. You were then the vice chair of membership, and you were actually one of the first people I met when I was at my first event down in uh, Rocket Bar in Chinatown. And uh, you were the first member of the board that I met, the second, of course, being Robert Sinners, because how could you not miss <laughs> Robert Sinners and not be introduced to him at your first oh, event? Oh, Sinners. <laughs> Shout out, Sinners, if you're listening. Miss you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so, but prior to becoming chair, what has been your favorite role on the board thus far? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, so I've, ha- I've had a lot of hats on the board. I was, I started as events chair and then I was executive vice chair. Then I was membership chair. Then I was a national committee woman. So I've had a lot of hats. Um, I, I think I would have loved my year as national committee woman if it wouldn't have been for a pandemic. So right. I'm ready to like reprise that like right now, um, you know, doing a lot of YRNF stuff. But I think my favorite role was membership, to be honest. I, I love welcoming new folks into the club because I think that that's the most important thing. When you move here, you, you know, you, you, may not have a job or you know you may be interning or you may be doing something but not knowing anyone is really intimidating and going into a place where you don't know anyone can be miserable sometimes so if you find a place that is welcoming and opening and accepting that can be that can make or break it for you liking your time here so i think that membership chair was my favorite and i think that carries on to all the roles that i've had just being a welcoming face for people, being someone that people can rely on and know that they're there for them, that, you know, even if, you know, you're new, you can come talk to me because I will introduce you to the entire room. I have no shame and I will, I will bring people in droves. I'll be like, all right, I have met this person. I love that. And I, I think that it's so powerful and it just builds a camaraderie and it's fun. I feel like the theme of this podcast today is fun. So that, yeah, that we've was my favorite, a, I think. And as I've said before, we've had some serious episodes, some fun episodes. This is all about a fun episode today. So getting to Heck know yeah. our, our chairwoman and uh, getting a sense from her, some of her um, her experiences with the DCYRs as well as just what's, what's on the horizon for our club. So, um, you know, 
speaking of current events, I do want to give a little bit of broccoli, uh, you know, some healthy stuff and just, you know, talk a little <laughs> bit about this before getting back into some of the fun questions I've got in store. President Biden is slated to speak before Congress in a joint session next week. Uh, I don't know if you're much of, you know, if you've formulated any thoughts yet on what to expect or what do you think is going to be covered, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about that since that is going to be a primetime marquee event highlighting D.C. Yeah, the the State of the Union joint address is always a, a pinnacle moment in the year. I can't believe it's taken until, you know, April 28th for uh, President Biden to actually address Congress. But, you know, nevertheless, here we are. Um, I am very keen to hear what President Biden has to say. Um, you know, I think that the promises that he made during the campaign are not quite what we've seen during his first 100 some days in office. I think that, you know, we were sold a bag of goods that I don't think has been delivered on. So I'm interested to hear about that. I'm I'm also ready to to call his bluff on infrastructure. Um, <laughs> in, instead of infrastructure week, it's like infrastructure millennium. Uh, over here, like let's let's just throw everything at the kitchen sink. Like you know, my shopping spree—that's infrastructure. Um, so I'm excited to hear about that too. And um, you know, you know, see the re the rebuttal too. Um, Tim Scott is a perfect choice for um, this year's GOP rebuttal. I think that he has a pulse on what's happening. He can set the right tone. Um, I I do think that you know. We've been through a lot as a country, not only with the pandemic, but also, um, you know, civil unrest, um, you know, just a lot of race based issues. And I think that Tim Scott has exactly the right tone that we need to set as a rebuttal to the craziness that, um, you know, Joe Biden has put forward in his first hundred some days. Yeah. And, and certainly too, like the, you know, president Biden did come in with a very, very hefty agenda. And of course, with both political parties, you have to, you have to tailor um, your priorities based on not only your base, but your electorate at large. So he came in, he campaigned as the moderate kind of the bridge builder, but it's, you know, and of course, when he was elected, I gave him a fair shot just as with any other president of my lifetime, uh, see what you've got. And, see how you could deliver on that. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily agree with a lot he's put out. Uh, and in certain cases, I think that a lot of what he's put out there should be called out. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tim Scott um, is his rebuttal to the president's uh, address is going to be taken. And also to, of course, with, with it being DC, you know, counting up how many times there's a standing ovation, how many times there's stops for applause. And he, but the one thing I think I'm going to miss is in president Trump's last address, uh, he did a lot of shout outs to the balcony um, with a bunch of people and VIPs that were in there. And he, that was something that had been done before, but not quite as well as what Trump did. Cause obviously he's a showman. Do you think we're in any sort of surprises with that with Biden, or do you think he's just going to go do a run of the mill state of the union address? Uh, Trump was a pro at that. Um, just, you know, making people feel seen and, um, heard and showcasing their stories. I think he was very, very talented at that and did that throughout all of his state of the unions. I think with, with Biden, he, he has a, a tricky audience situation. 
um, you know, I don't, I don't even know how many guests they're having because of coronavirus. So um, I know that a lot of members even will be sitting in the balcony. Uh, so I have to wonder how many folks will even have present to show out, to showcase. Um, I, I, I do think there's an element of that in every president's speech. I mean, even Barack Obama did that too. So I think that there are probably going to be some shout outs, but I'm not entirely sure that we'll get the same feel um, because there's just not as many people. There's, you know, going to be spaces in between even members of Congress. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm actually very interested just to see the layout and the format of the chamber, because this is a, you know, state of the union that we've never seen before. And also, too, I mean, you know, there's been an argument that's made that the state of union up until, you know, the early, you know, 20th century, pretty much was just something that the president submitted on a piece of paper to Congress. Like, you know, the constitution, if I'm not mistaken, only has to have the president give some sort of update to Congress. If not, if I'm not mistaken and congressional scholars and, you know, con constitutional scholars out there, feel free to correct me by joining me in my DMS or whatever. But, you know, I, th <laughs> I think that's the case. So, I mean, maybe Biden will border on the bland, but that's a good point you raised because of course, with the layout of the chamber, are there going to be overflow rooms or some of the committees, you know, the committee rooms on the house and Senate side, are they going to have to, you know, have people that are sitting there that are representatives of the government, you know, because Pelosi and Schumer, both of them have really kept up, you know, strict procedures on both chambers with regards to uh, masking and, you know, capacity limitations and in, in light of two of recent events too, metal detectors as well. All interesting things to see with next week's address. The one thing I will miss though are um are the drink specials that usually take place around these type of events, whether it be a committee <laughs> hearing or just the, the state of it, uh, the union. All of the fun, fun uh like like a Pelosi Paloma or like um, I mean, my my favorite is or the, mansion margarita. I just came up with that one. Ooh, like that. I mean, it it's like a, at Capo Deli. Uh, they have the Fauci Pouchy <laughs> pouch drinks. Um, I like those a lot. Um, but yeah, they're so cre everybody's so creative. I I love it. And the drinks usually are super tasty, which probably means they have a ton of sugar in them. But I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, a little sugar, you know, to balance out, you know, kind of, you know, the the uh, the, the broccoli that we have on a day to day with going to committee hearings and whatever your line of work may be. You know, it's it's good to have some fun. I think D.C.'s motto for all young professionals, whether it be young Republicans or not, is, is that we like to work hard. But at the same time, we like to play hard as well. Absolutely. It's like so a life motto. Yeah. So, so just to, before we go into our rapid fire, um, you know, fun questions that I've queued up for you as well. Some of the ones that I've used for um, some of our previous speakers, um, just with first off, what has been your most profound DC related memory or moment? Could be anything. Ooh. Could be election mm -hmm. night, could be uh, a state of the union a night, could be just a random night that you had with friends. Uh, well, I, for those of you who um, I haven't met and who don't don't know me on a personal level, I will share one of my favorite things about DC and one of my favorite nights. Um, my boyfriend and I met in the most DC way you could possibly ever meet. Uh, we're both Greek, so uh, we attend a lot of Greek events, and 
This particular day, we uh, both attended an event at the Cypriot Embassy. It was the 43rd anniversary of Turkey invading Cyprus. And we had a commemoration event with, you know, wine, reception, style food, you know, the whole bit. And that's actually where I met my boyfriend. So it's like the most DC thing. And um, it was the day after my birthday and I didn't want to go to the event. I was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to go. Um, but I ended up going and I met a wonderful, wonderful man. So that's Aww. one of my favorite um, DC related memories. And it's also like the most DC way that I could have, you know, met someone because I met them at an embassy on a commemoration of the Turkish invasion. Not many people could say that. And not many people could say they've been to an embassy party either. So that is definitely a standout DC-esque memory, if I have to say so myself. I've, I'm going to come clean and say I've never been to an embassy party. I've been to embassies on tours, but I've never been one where it's like a ritzy gal or something like that. For those, Oh, we're going to have to change that, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> that, that does need a change. And that is one of my bucket list of things I need to do after the pandemic. And when things 100% open up, we don't have to wear masks anymore and everything like that. So that is on the list. And, you know, again, just since we have you on the pod, I guess this could be kind of considered your first state of the DCYR's event uh, address as we've been talking a little bit about the, you know, the presidential address next week. Do you have anything else you have to say or share with anyone who's listening right now, members, prospective members? I know we haven't really talked about it a lot, but we do have two very competitive election cycles in both Virginia, right across the river, as well as New Jersey, which I know you have experience on the political circuit there, as well as other municipal races that are going on across the country. Like, you know, now is the time to address your fellow DCYRs and just share anything else that you have to share before we going to a rapid fire fun question mode. Ooh, my very own state of the state. How fun. Yeah. I think that this year has been one of the toughest years that we've collectively had to go through. You know, we're we've all been in the same storm just maybe in different boats. So the the state of our our organization and the state of the DCYRs, I think we're in, we're in rebuilding mode. We have to come back after the storm has subsided and really, you know, pick up where we left off and kick some butt for our friends over in Virginia and up in New Jersey. You know, we have um, some governorships to reclaim. And I think we can do a lot with the power that we have in DC Young Republicans, um, even, even here locally as well. So, I do think that we're going to come back stronger than ever um, as we get into the summer and we start seeing each other again, having events, going on deployments, really getting involved in the things that we all know and love, um, you know, hitting the pavement, knocking on doors, making phone calls, and also just mingling and being with each other. So we may be rebuilding now, but we're going to come back stronger than ever. And if I may add to that, you know, we've already started because your executive board spent a whole Saturday talking about ideas and things of how we come back. And there's a list upon list of different things that we've come up with. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work that the board has done thus far and laying out a game plan going forward. And so I think we've got the formulation of an idea and a plan and a pathway forward. And, you know, 
soon the switch is going to be flipped. The coal fire engines are going to be stoked and uh, we'll be back steaming our way through and uh, doing what we do best. So rapid fire. You ready, Maria? Oh, I'm born ready. Let's go. All right, let's go. Favorite bar or restaurant in DC? If I had to be basic, it's going to be Le Dip because it's by far the best value, the best service, and it's so cute. Um, Did you say dip? Le Dip. Le, Le dip. Diplomat. Diplomat. Yeah. I didn't know the cool oh. kids called it that these days. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm cool, but that's, right. that's, that's a beautiful restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Le Diplomat. Uh, shout out little diplomat. All right. Favorite landmark or monument? Oh, by far Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln, if you go all the way to, I guess, when you're sitting, when you go up top on the left side, you go all the way at night, then you can see both the monument and the Capitol. And it's the most beautiful place to just like sit and ponder. It Best is the place. I know that spot very well. It's my favorite spot in the entire city. So. That is, you're not going to get that view anywhere else in the city, let alone the world. Um, Wisconsin related question. What is your favorite cheese? Ooh, asking the cheese queen. Heck yeah. Okay. My favorite kind of cheese. It's by a um, cheese company called Sargento, but they're um, kind of cheese that they win prizes and stuff for. It's called Sartori cheese. You can buy this cheese here in DC. It's at Whole Foods. It's called Rum Runner. They basically crystallize alcohol within the cheese. So it has bits of rum in it. It's my favorite kind of cheese. Sounds delicious. Might have to take you up on that recommendation. Um, so what is what are you looking most forward to in terms of events or DC traditions when they return? Um, dare I say the Christmas party circuit, that is the most fun <laughs> part of DC all year going from party to party. I was just on a call with my coworkers and we were talking about our, um, holiday party last year and how that night we went to six different holiday parties and I just don't know how you could have any more fun in DC. So I cannot wait for that circuit to come back. I sorely missed the DC young Republicans holiday party in 2020, but it's going to come back kicking in 2021. And I know there's going to be countless other parties that come back. So uh, if you haven't experienced a um, holiday party season at the beginning of December, you are in for a real treat this year because I think it is going to be killer. You could keep yourself fed just going to party after party every single night and not have to cook yourself dinner for like a week. It's amazing. So next question. And they have tons of cheese. Yes, cheese, which I know <laughs> is you're probably, you know, you died and went to heaven whenever you see a cheese platter and you, you're probably comparing to from back home to here, which is better. So if you're a Russian, you need coffee. Where do you stop? Starbucks, Dunkin', or do you go somewhere local? Ooh. Okay. Fun fact. I don't drink coffee. <gasps> How are you able to survive? <laughs> um, can you imagine my energy level if I had caffeine? Oh, you'd be bouncing off the walls. You'd be like a little comet. Exactly. So that is why I do not drink coffee. Um, but if I had to pick, I know I'm going to break Bill's heart here. Oh, um, no. I'm don't do it to uh, me. <laughs> um, Starbucks all the way. Oh. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Negative five <laughs> friendship <laughs> points right there. 
yeah. Gotta redeem those, myself on this next one. You'll redeem yourself on this next one, I bet. So uh, last question before we wrap up. When you receive that second dose of the vaccine and the pandemic is finally over, where do you plan to vacation to first? Is it going to be the Caribbean, Europe, American West, New England, somewhere close to home? Ooh, okay. Um, when I, well, I'm getting, I'm getting vaccinated in 10 days. So the place I want to go is in fully, I think I can go there starting in May, but I would definitely go to Greece. Ah. Um, but where I'm actually at, well, where I'm actually going to go is probably up in New England um, to the beach. So that's exciting. Cape Cod by chance? Ah, uh, the Hamptons. Okay. I'll give you back some points. Uh, the Hamptons are nice, but Long Island technically is in New England. So, um, but I'll give you points back for, for that for that comment. So. Uh, oh, good. I redeemed myself just a little bit. Okay, just, good. Just a little bit. <laughs> So uh, that's pretty much all I have for you uh, today. Uh, anything else before we wrap things up, Maria? Oh, well, just thank you everybody for listening. I think this is so fun. And of course, Bill and I could probably chat all day. So uh, it's nice to have an audience sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And we'll certainly be having an audience soon, especially if we uh, do the occasional live stream which um, our Ooh. friends in places like New York are doing. So I don't know if we're quite there yet, but if you want to see live streams of these episodes, feel free to reach out. We'll definitely try to get that in the works. Um, I'm still a bit of a novice when it comes to these things. So we will try to figure that out as best as we can when we get You're there. You're crushing it, Bill. You're crushing oh. it. Oh, well, thank you. It's a team effort. So, um, but with that being said, um, just a few things before we wrap up, uh, we do have, more of these interviews coming along the way for, you know, we're going to be bringing on more of our new board to introduce themselves, take some time to talk a little bit uh, about some of the things we've discussed today. And then, then some uh, we've got some special guest interviews coming up. I won't say who, but you know, they're, they're good. They're bound to be good times by all, um, you know, and uh, we're looking forward to having them when they come onto the pod. Uh, we've got a few special edition things that are coming up. So um, be on the lookout for that. And again, uh, we're aiming to have our first monthly membership meeting return next month. Uh, so second Monday of May, be on the lookout on our Facebook page. And as Maria said, feel free to, we encourage everybody to um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and also subscribe to our newsletter on our website, we send out a monthly newsletter at the beginning of every month featuring all the things that are happening with the YRs and beyond amongst with our friends over in Virginia and Maryland. So make sure you're subscribed to that. Again, Maria, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope you have a good weekend. Absolutely, Bill. This is awesome. On behalf of the D.C. Young Republican Executive Board, we thank you for listening to the District Download. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and share this episode with your friends. The District Download is currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and wherever else you may listen to podcasts. Music